Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the Sex Magic Podcast. I am so excited to be joined by not one, but two people today, two beautiful people that I'm so uh, eager to have a conversation with. I'm here with David Lyman and Avea, and I'm just really honored that you are here having a conversation with us. So for our podcast listeners who may not be familiar with your work and who you both are, um, if you feel like sharing a little bit of your story and um, what you're sharing with the world. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, well, speaking for myself, I'm a uh, a mystic, I'm a channeler, I'm a psychic, and I'm just someone who's very passionate about showing people what's really possible in their lives and in their realities beyond um, what they previously thought possible. So a lot of my work has to do with just creating greater liberation and greater love in people's lives and getting people in tune with the real magic of life. Um, so we do a lot of that work together. Um, so we have our business, if, for lack of a better word, um, called Living Magic. And so we've been doing that together for a few years now. <laughs> um, and so that's definitely at the forefront of um, what I also bring forth. Um, and just on a personal level, I'm also a musical artist, a singer, songwriter. Um, I love to write conscious reggae and, um, and really just bring my own shine and joy into the world through my own beingness and being of service um, in that way. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and it's so exciting. You both were married to each other quite recently. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't gone through a physical marriage yet. You know, we, we got married energetically, you know, which is a very unique way of doing things, but it's how our spirits have been called to do things. And so it's, it's, it's our way of bringing heaven down to earth, you know, so we're building the foundations in the non-physical and the energetic world first. And so that we know exactly like how we flow together, how we create together, how we serve together and just strengthening that and then grounding into the physical at some point will be a, an actual physical wedding. <laughs> yes. Kind of doing the reverse of what a lot of people do in that sense where, um, you know, they may go towards the physical representation of the ring or the wedding or the ceremony and then kind of navigate what that feels like. And so um, we kind of decided to do the opposite or felt called to do the opposite. And it's honestly been quite magical. And, um, and also, I guess for myself, also realizing just how mm, sometimes the external version of um, husband and wife can be um, quite limiting in its sense of fulfillment um, when the energy isn't fully present uh, in the union and so um so yeah so that's what we've been cultivating mm, that's incredible <laughs> um i'm curious what what made you feel called to uh create this energetic connection with each other perhaps before um you know succumbing to maybe some like traditional romantic relationship norms like did you feel intrinsically that this was the path for you both? <laughs> <laughs> well, I could definitely speak into that on my end where, you know, before realizing her as my wife, I had been saying for a really long time that I feel like I'm already married, but I just don't remember. <laughs> and so that was a big part of my path uh, was having this, this sense of already being married. And I kept having telepathic communication with my wife for about three years 
And so, it, and all the while, she was my best friend mm-hmm. in my life. You know, we've known each other for over 10 years. So in a way, she was right in front of me all along. And at the same time, we were both evolving into who we needed to be in order to see each other. Mm-hmm. So there was a process <laughs> around, you know, on my end, it was my alchemy was first I had to become the man that I am, you know, I had to become a certain kind of man. So that meant dissolving a lot of toxic behaviors and just, you know, becoming a truer man basically. And then the second part of the alchemy, like once I felt integrated in the, what people would call the divine masculine, the second part was what people would call the divine feminine. And which looked like for me, really being fulfilled in simply having life as my wife and not needing anything external um, to fulfill me, which was a very challenging journey. So it very much felt like I was cultivating the energy of husband and wife inside of me for many years. And then only once I got to the point where I fully surrendered and I was fully fulfilled with having life as my wife. And I, I literally had this experience over the holidays where I connected to the wife within and the one within, as my people, people might call it, only once I fully surrendered did this opening happen. It literally felt like heaven's doors opening up and God speaking to me and all kinds of very spiritual things where certain things dissolved in my heart. And it was just this full on receiving of all the love that I am in a very whole and complete way. And then just seeing her as a reflection of my wholeness being in front of me all along and realizing, holy cow, it was her. And I thought for so long it was not. <laughs> Cry. It's <laughs> <is> so romantic. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it was, it was very much um, a natural unfolding in that sense where I was like, oh, okay, so you're who I'm already married to on that level of reality. But on the physical level, we got to feel new to each other, even though we've known each other for more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, of course, she has her side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, I feel like, um, evolutionary process. It much, very much felt like an evolutionary dance between the two of us as we went through our own um, ascension in our own devotion and yet we're always there it really felt like this like we're constantly dancing with each other and on my end of things it definitely was a learning process to choose myself above all because I definitely had the um tendency um (laughs) as many women uh do to choose uh, my partner over myself and uh and there were some really huge lessons there for me in which I needed to learn what unconditional love actually meant and in in my evolutionary process, I realized that my definition of, you know, trying to embody this unconditional love, I had to learn that unconditional love didn't mean loving everything um, at the expense of myself. And so Mm -hmm. there were some pretty painful points there that occurred in our evolutionary dance together, but that also allowed me to recognize, hold on, this is actually not what I want but it took a lot to get to the point where it was like I don't want this even if I really want you and the irony is um which is yes it's very ironic is the moment that I fully decided to choose myself was also the moment that he chose me (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah, it was definitely a dance. And I think for both of us, it kind of came, um, yeah, came out of nowhere. Um, and at the same time, I feel like amongst the two of us, like I definitely had a deeper feeling of this knowing, Mm -hmm. um, and we definitely both recognize how it took, everything uh, every step of our evolution to become who we are in this moment for the alignment to fully click in because anytime prior to this it just it wouldn't have been in harmony 
Um, yeah. And, and, and I guess the beauty in that is really that we had to find that harmony and that full devotion to ourselves, to spirit first. <clears throat> and then like magic, it just clicked in. Um, wow. That's so incredible that like your paths really did mirror each other and complement each other. And uh, you know, something you said that like, she was a reflection of you. And I, I feel so strongly that like we're all expressions of the divine and then we reflect different things to each other. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm curious what that spiritual journey looks like for both of you and perhaps um, how others might be able to tap into this of becoming your own beloved. Mm, such a great question. <laughs> well, I think what's most important to share here is, you know, one of the places where we both really bonded and just on the level of people was that we were both people who were absolutely devoted to the highest love possible. Mm-hmm. We're devoted to truth, devoted to spirit, devoted. And I've had this since I was a kid where my devotion was to be an example of the highest love possible. Mm-hmm. And so when we ended up reconnecting over the years, because like I said, we've known each other for over 10 years and there were many different phases to our, um, to our relationship, you know, from friendship to acquaintances, to people who just kind of slept together, to not talking to, you know, there was many different evolutions and around, I don't even remember, I think around like three years ago or something like that. When I came to stay with her in California in San Diego, it became clear that there was an attraction towards each other, but my clarity and my truth, the truth of the moment was that I feel like we can grow through exploring things each, with each other uh, intimately and uh, as, as partners and, and so on and so forth. But my clarity was also that I know that you're not the one for me. Mm-hmm. And so that was how, you know, and I wanted to make sure that we, you know, I, I wasn't giving any distortion. Right. You know, so from the beginning, I was like, look, I feel like there's someone else for me. And I feel like we have the potential to grow here and be, and to kind of become like love training partners for each other mm. to, to create what love can look like. And basically like, are you down with that? Like, and she was, <laughs> and so that was the beginning. It was, it was through our devotion to, to the highest love. Cause she was about that as well. And also just creating that beginning foundation of clarity and truth between us so that there was no mixed sing- signals, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of that spiritual evolution of, of seeing what it's like to love someone without attachments, mm-hmm. right? Because when you know that you can't possess the other person or label the other person as yours, but obviously there's feelings involved, it forces you in a sense to grow through love without letting your attachments get in the way. So in that sense, it felt like we were creating these like templates for what love could look like for what the highest love possible was. So from my perspective at the time, it was going to be about a two year journey. That was the intuitive message I I received was that we were going to be together for about two years in this unbridled love story with no labels. And then after two years, it would be time for me to move on and go find my love. Mm. And so for me at the time, my lesson was to learn what it was like to experience love, like true love, and be willing to let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, we both felt like our relationship through that was a 10 on 10. And we, that's something we both agreed on, like 10 on 10 friendship, lovers, uh, business partners, laughter, everything. 10 on 10 is what, you know, everyone would essentially imagine they want but we both wanted 11 on 10 Mm -hmm. and, you know, to go beyond the logical, beyond the normal. And so for me, what that looked like, like I said, was getting to a space of, of being in this true love with each other. And then once there being willing to let that go to see how much am I willing to choose love over my own fears and attachments and choose spirit and devotion over what my human wants. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in that process it was almost it was in the moments that were what I feel the most challenging where we definitely had some intense 
heartaches, heartbreaks, those moments for us, I, I feel for, for the both of us, were the most heart-opening moments because our devotion was to the highest love and we both knew that and felt that. It's like, I feel like under any other circumstance um, or perhaps any other partner um, I could have been with, I perhaps would have just been like, well, you know what? Like, fuck you, you hurt me, get out of my life. Kind of vibe, you know, like, or I just, and it's like every single time there was heartbreak and pain involved because of the letting go or separation or whatever was being called in the moment. It's like we literally just did everything we could to just not only show up for ourselves in the moment, in the like pain of it all, but still show up for each other. And that felt so transformational because it's like to show up for the person that in the moment you're perceiving to be the root of what is causing you so much pain is in a sense like it was such a profound profound um heart opener on a level that even at the time I don't think I really quite understood mm-hmm. how much it was training my heart and preparing it to open up to a level where this could finally happen mm-hmm. and so it yeah, for, for me, it was definitely in those moments. And it was also just experiencing myself and being like, holy shit, like, I am still able to show up for this man. And even though I'm so much in pain right now, and like, and, to, and we, we just, it was always just this dance of like, being there for one another even when the pain was between us Mm. and um, yeah, it it was really incredible training wheels um, that led to, to this. And quite frankly, I don't like, we don't know anyone who has done this, (laughs) who's done this with this level of devotion to the highest love. It, it, it takes a certain amount of like, I, I want to say devotion, devotion, yeah. <laughs> devotion and just like selflessness, because the moment you, you step into a, a space where it's like, it's your fault, like projection. And that it just, it takes like a level of deep self-honesty to a point that like, not a lot of people are willing to see themselves in that moment to especially when you're in pain, it's just so much easier to blame the other. And, uh, and I'm, I'm definitely grateful for all of those moments. Cause now it feels like anything that like comes our way now, we're just like, Oh yeah. Like <laughs> no problem. Like I got you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and, and just, and just, and just to, to compliment that, you know, ultimately finding that 11 on 10 was us finding the one within, mm-hmm. you know, we had the 10 on 10, but you know, you always hear that talk of like, I want to find my one. I want to find my one. And it used to trigger the shit out of me when I would see these couples be like, there is no one. There is no one. I'm like, I, you don't know what I'm talking about. You know, like, I know what I'm talking about. There is a one. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately they were right. You know, cause I, you know, I, when I finally came to, it was beyond the realization because first it sounds like a pretty quote that when you hear you are the one that you've been looking for. When you hear those words, it sounds like a pretty quote, but sometimes it could be hard to receive. Mm-hmm. And then there comes a moment where you you have a realization of it and you experience it and you feel it and you're like, oh, I am the one I'm looking for. Not realizing now you need to integrate that and embody that. And so that was kind of the evolutionary process on my side was, which took, I mean, a little over a year, maybe longer of truly getting to that point where, like I said, it was surrendering to life as my wife or, and finding the one within that that's when the 11 on 10 became possible. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, it's just so much that I'm resonating with, with <laughs> what you both are sharing. And I feel like this is something I've been thinking about so much, um, in, in my own life as well with, um, you know, just like, everything you already need, you already have 
this belief, especially when it comes to love. And I, I really love how you both had such like strength of spirit to stay true to the relationship, even when things were painful or challenging. And I feel as though like there was the animal response perhaps of um, fight or flight. And you kind of like rewired those neural pathways of like, you know, actually, no, we're, we're transcending into this place of love and devotion to each other, to the moment, to the divine. And it just, um, it just seems as though like you both have such uh, integrity and you're able to move in any direction, whether that's together, apart, um, in, in love. And like, it's just so beautiful to, to kind of always be in that place of living in love. Um, so I, this is such a silly question, but I kind of just want to ask it. What do you think love is? Uh, <laughs> love for me is, is watering a flower. Hmm. Right. When you're watering a flower, when you're giving to someone, when you're nourishing something and all you want is just for its blossom to give it whatever it needs, the light that it needs, the environment that it needs, the nourishment that it needs for it to blossom. And you can feel fulfilled just from seeing it shine and blossom and be healthy and happy and need nothing in return. That to me is love. And that's how I very much feel about not just Avea, but that's how I feel about the world and people. I just, I love to water people. I love to love people. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's, that's what love is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the, yeah, the first thing that came was just um, love to me feels very much like just being fully devoted to who you are mm. fully. And in that devotion of just loving every little bit of who you are, even in the moments where you realize you have blind spots and you've been hating on this aspect or whatever, but just having that devotion Mm -hmm. to being who you are and shining that the brightest you can is love because from that outpour, it's, it's, there is no trying. There is no, well, I want, to you know loving is giving it is just literally effortless it's like what emanates from the outpour of your beingness because the develop the devotion comes from truly being who you are first um are you just going one up me is that what's going on i love it <laughs> um and so so yeah i feel like for for me, it, it feels very much like the root of true love. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't want to help you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, very much feels like the root of um, of all love because it's in it's in watering that inside yourself that you can genuinely outpour it to everyone else and outpour it in every creation and in, in just embody that in every moment and and literally nourish whatever it is you're doing whether it's just you know ex- an exchange with a cashier or or with your neighbor whatever it may be it it, it that love is just so potent um yeah i, I honestly feel like she said it perfectly <laughs> perfectly you know and you know, to piggyback on her. <laughs> Here comes the next one up. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I, 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 I couldn't have said it better. She said it perfectly. And, you know, <laughs> it's being who you are, like she said, is being the water that waters the other flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the dance. So I, I, I love that answer. <laughs> oh, this is such a beautiful amorous conversation uh, <laughs> I I believe I may have seen your first videos David of you doing hypnosis and that's something that I would I have been excited to have a conversation with you about um, just how the intersection of magic mm. illusion uh 
hypnosis, how all of these come together and maybe where that journey began and where it is now. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Hypnosis is the bridge into more of who you truly are. That's the essence of it. But the true purpose of hypnosis is to help you better understand yourself. And so in essence, one of the realizations I came to is in a way it's hypnosis is the opposite of enlightenment in the sense that hypnosis is depth. So it's rooting yourself into the core vibration of your being and making your roots strong in the core of who you truly are. And so that from that place, you can go higher into what people call enlightenment. And so I got into hypnosis um, from the entertainment world, you know, back in 2008, I got hypnotized by a 12 year old boy (laughs) in Las Vegas, which is a story in and of itself. Um, You know, I was, a street magician and and mind reader and just performer. And I had the opportunity to learn hypnosis from these two people, a father and a son. And the son was 12 years old and the father was fatherly. (laughs) And they were the world's fastest hypnotists, you know, so they knew how to hypnotize anyone in less than a second, which to this day is pretty unheard of. Yeah. But, but that was my introduction to hypnosis. So I didn't know that hypnosis was supposed to take 15, 20 minutes to slowly relax you into a state. I was taught that it happens really quickly. And so I got hypnotized by the 12 year old. I and, mean, you know, I said the same thing that most people say, like, I don't think it'll work on me. My mind's too strong and da, 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 da. And he was just like, will you listen to all my instructions? I'm like, yeah, sure. Took my hand, pulled my arm and said, sleep. And I just dropped out into a trance and then the father came over and took away my fear of spiders because I used to be arachnophobic and this all happened within a span of maybe 60 seconds and wow (laughs) then when they woke me back up one now I knew that this shit was real (laughs) like I already knew it was real but I didn't know how real and two then they taught me their technique you know which worked on this principle of confuse the mind, shock the body. That was the foundation principle that they used for their technique, um, known as the zap technique. Confuse the mind, shock the body, say sleep, and you're going to go into a trance. And of course, there's more color to that method, but that's the essence of it. Mm. So I took that and I became obsessed because when they taught it to me, for whatever reason, it came to me very naturally. And so I was going up to people in the room just to try it out. And everyone who I approached was just dropping into hypnosis easily and effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't understand for the life of me why it was working. Right. It's like, you just, it's like, you just taught me to dial a number and press send, but I'm like, well, why is it when you press that number and press send that it actually reaches the other person? That's kind of what it felt like to me. So I became obsessed and I wanted to know everything about hypnosis. I wanted to know why it was working, why I had to use the techniques, why I had to use the word sleep. And that obsession just drove me to to go into the streets and I would literally approach random people in the mall and just say like, hey, I'm I'm a hypnotist. Can I drop, you know, can I hypnotize you and try something cool? Mm -hmm. And I failed lots of times and I succeeded a lot of times. And eventually I started to tune into the intuitive understanding of hypnosis as I would, you know, bring myself through my own training. Mm -hmm. And that ended up evolving from getting very well known in the entertainment area because there wasn't very many hypnotists. So my YouTube channel started to blow up through that um, because I would share both my successes and my failures. And then eventually that evolved into people asking me if I could use it to help them, you know, and there was one major catalyst moment that really changed the way I looked at hypnosis because, you know, first I started doing stop smoking hypnosis, which I was successful at. But at that time in my life, like I was about 24 years old, I wasn't necessarily thinking about helping people. You know, at that, at that, at that age, I was a super cocky, full of myself, just want to be celebrity type dude. And, you know, of course I still had a heart, but like, I wasn't like, I have enough of my own problems. I'm not trying to deal with yours. That was, that was my state of mind. And I had one moment that changed my life where I was 24. Um, so it was a decade ago. and. 
I had hypnotized this woman. We were at my house and there was a bunch of people at my house. And it was this woman who I had hypnotized. Her boyfriend was like watching on the side. And when I hypnotized her along with other people, at some point, without really thinking about it, like I was having them do silly things like stick their feet to the floor and things like that. But at some point I'm, I was getting creative and I'm like, now I want you to go to a place that feels like heaven to you. Not realizing that her mom had just passed away. And so all of a sudden what went from entertainment, when I, as soon as, as I said the word heaven, the way that worked in her consciousness, all of a sudden she just, with her eyes closed in trance, she reached out and she just gave this big hug to something. And she just like, mommy. And she just starts hugging and crying. Oh, no. And like, and we all just like stopped. You know, I've never had a moment like this. And, you know, and everyone just kind of looking at me like, yo, what are you going to do? And the camera's on and like, and just naturally, of course, like my, my heart kicked in. Like I just saw it as an opportunity to allow her to have a final conversation with her mother and get closure that maybe she didn't get a chance to get. Mm. And so I just, I guided her to, you know, to get, have a final conversation and to crack jokes with her mom. And she was laughing and like smiling and stuff. And then, you know, once it was all said and done, you know, I, I, I moved on from the experience. I'm like, you know, once it feels good for you, you can go back into a trance and close up. And then she went back into hypnosis or went back into the deeper state of hypnosis and then I just kind of continued on with a few like entertainment things because I wasn't sure what to do. You know, so I like I made myself invisible. I did some funny things because I, I was just kind of thinking, I guess. And then towards the end, I did what I always do, which is when I wake people up from hypnosis, I always tell them that you're going to have complete amnesia for everything that happened until the moment that you shake my hand. So it's, it's just like a grand finale where they wake up and they're just like, why is everyone looking at me? Because they don't remember being hypnotized. So I wake them all up. And of course, as we wake them up, we're all looking at the girl and we're just wondering, like, is she going to remember what's going to happen? And so she wakes up and she's just like, why is everyone looking at me? What's with the cameras? Wow. Why, is, why is my face wet? And she's just confused. And, and I'm, I'm like, so you don't remember anything? And she's like, no, I think I fell asleep on you or something like that. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm like, oh, well, it's all, it's all good. And I put up my hand. And as soon as she shook my hand, all of a sudden she was just like, oh my God, I just felt my mom. I'm going to do everything to pass school. I'm going to do everything to make her happy. And she was just like, went into this remembrance. And this just like, it was, it makes me emotional every time, you know, it was, it was just like this beautiful, graceful moment that just showed me that hypnosis is so much more than a party trick. And, you know, it, it speaks to the whole with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it's and it just showed me how hypnosis is also a bridge to not just the spiritual world, but your spiritual self that is connected to that world. Mm. And so that was, you know, and, and then from that point forward, I just I became a healer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <okay. laughs> wow, what an incredible story. <laughs> yeah oh, that's so beautiful and it's just interesting how it's it's a tool to connect you to your subconscious it seems yeah which which is another word for your true self mm. right you know we use these labels of conscious subconscious unconscious mm. and a lot of people imagine it the other way around they imagine their conscious mind their subconscious because the word sub Mm -hmm. and unconscious yeah but it's it's not it's the, it's the other way around so your conscious mind is your identity your subconscious can be likened to your deeper self or your truer self and your unconscious is source is your is where you could connect to source and all resource resourcefulness mm. so it's yeah it's very they're very much interlinked I kind of am visualizing it because I as you said I'm one of those people where I thought oh it's below the subconscious is below, but now I, I do see that how it is flipped, but also perhaps it is both as well. Like the, as above, so below, so below. sort of yeah. mentality. Um, wow. That's so beautiful. And I guess how, how do you weave your magic into mm. this craft? 
at some point I ended ended up transcending hypnosis. So I'm I'm the type of person who I love to play with something until I've mastered it mm-hmm. and then I move on. Otherwise I get bored. Mm-hmm. And so I did that with street magic and then mentalism and then hypnosis. And then I, you know, I awoke to my spiritual gifts and psychic gifts and that I never got bored of. Mm-hmm. And so instead of so much using hypnosis in a formal sense now, it feels more like I've embodied hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I tend to use it for is as I'm channeling, just because of how it's so integrated into me, I'll use hypnosis to put people into these profound trance-like states and then use my energy magic to unlock their spiritual gifts and connect them to their their truer essence or whatever's wanting to happen you know so i use it as a tool very effortlessly to wake people up and to, and to give people expansions and and liberation experiences mm. <laughs> that's incredible yeah it's it's so lovely like i i'm glad i have this podcast because we talk to so many different types of people from various spiritual paths. Like we have the witches, we have the occultists, we have the um, the more like new age kind of spirituality. And um, I, I feel as though I, I don't, I can't put my finger on uh, this path that both of you are on. And I think it's because it kind of integrates so many into your own vibration of it, which is just really beautiful to witness. Um, so for both of you, I guess, like, what is your, what's your personal spiritual beliefs? Um, if you can even sum that up in like (laughs) a couple of, you know, sentences or, um, yeah. (laughs) We'll let her take this one first. <laughs> yeah, take, take your time too. That's a big question. So what? So what are some foundational spiritual beliefs? Yeah, yeah. Like I guess it's like, what is your spiritual identity? Like, what are those foundations for you? Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing that came through when you said spiritual identity was just that my spiritual identity doesn't have an identity. (laughs) That was the first thing that um, came through. And I also feel like, Yeah, what's also coming through as a really powerful one is just that I guess it it feels like it feels like um, it it basically feels like the texture of the unknown is, Mm. is what it most feels like. It's almost like when I try to find labels to it, it's like, yes, and there's always like, yes, it's that and, mm-hmm. and, and so it's almost like, it feels very much like, <laughs> like the things that I do know and all the things that I don't know um, mm-hmm. are all inclusive. But I guess for me, the foundation really, it always goes back to love. And I, and I truly feel like, on so many levels, you know, there are so many different um, modalities and different, um, you know, inner work or things like that that exist to help liberate oneself or ascend. And while all of those are great and have their place, it there is there is it, it feels like um, it's almost like tapping into. It's more. It's like tapping into a. a, a beingness and an embodiment of love in in which in that space it can literally move mountains mm-hmm. um and just there is no cap on the expansion um 
And there is no cap on what it can't do or can't liberate or can't allow one to see. Um, so yeah, I would feel like those are very, um, those would be the, that's what's going through, the foundational um, or the foundation, I would say, to my spiritual beliefs. Yeah, and I would say on, you know, on my end, of course, similar to they, I'm just all about love. It's really as simple as that, you know, spirituality can take on so many different um, um, masks in the sense of like, it's become, it's become a, a fad, mm-hmm. right? It's almost, it's, be- it's trendy. It's become trendy in a lot of ways, you know, but. To manifest, to like, yeah. But at its, at its root, to be spiritual simply means to recognize that you are spirit. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, and even in the word recognize, it's to recognize, to remember that you are spirit and what that means for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and just for me, like looking beyond all the fluff and the labels and the fancy words, it's, it, it's always just been about being loved for me. You know, and if that makes me a spiritual being, great. You know, and if it doesn't, great. But you know, like, that's that's really where I come from. You know, and it's I'm just reminded of um, you know how all the great sages of our time have chalked it up to these four words of wisdom, which are simply know thyself and be thyself. Mm. Right. So that that for me is is the quote unquote way. But it's for me, it's just about being love and letting everything emanate from there. Mm. <laughs> Which he does like amazingly, by the way. <laughs> if anyone knows him, it's interesting. Like he he has a very long resume of very impressive things that pique people's curiosities from <laughs> the hypnosis, from um the magic from you know being a psychic from channeling all these different things and yet in my experience the most powerful catalyst for and the most powerful teacher um has been the experience of his love it really is like it's uh, i mean there's just no words and it's and it's beyond all of those all the fun things that we could talk about um those are just rays of my shine (laughs) (laughs) that's so beautiful yeah i um i appreciate you both for even answering that question i know it's such a tricky one and and it it honestly is kind of a silly question because it it like it kind of is like a circle it's like i am but I'm also not, and I like mm-hmm. um, it's 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 interesting. But I do feel as though, um, you know, people who maybe are like earlier on in their spiritual journeys, who are still kind of like exploring, um, benefit from understanding the manifestations of these teachings and how they might be able to connect to them further. So I think that just this theme of love is, uh, gosh, just radiating throughout our conversation. And I'm so happy it is. <laughs> Um, but of course we are the sex magic podcast and I would love to (laughs) shift our conversation to the intersection of spirituality and sexuality, which is what we love to talk about. And, um, I guess maybe even your personal relationship to the erotic and the divine and how they come together and, um, we'll start there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, the first thing that comes to me to share is simply the reflection of how our sexual energy is our most direct connection to the divine. It's literally the essence of creation. It's that which, that which births humans, that which births realities. You know, our sexual energy is our most direct connection to the divine. And it's, it's said in certain texts that the so-called original sin was shaming our sexuality, mm. you know, distorting our connection to the divine and implying certain um, control because that was our most sacred connection. So that it said that that was the original sin. So for me, you know, growing up, I wasn't, 
um, I guess I was always naturally spiritual, but it took time before I got into the lingo of spirituality and, you know, words like Tantra and, and um, chakras and all those things. But just as a being, I've always been the type of person who approaches sex and sexual energy very differently than a lot of my peers, so to speak. You know, I wasn't um, necessarily very influenced by porn in the way that a lot of people are, um, although I definitely did watch it back in the day. Um, but for me, like, sexual energy, the sexual experience was always a very magical experience. It was always an opportunity for, for growth, for healing. And in the beginning, I remember from ages like 24, 25, when I was with my girlfriends, it always felt, I always used to say, like, I feel like I have sexual healing abilities because it wasn't just, it wasn't always just sex. It was, you know, opening you up to deeper intimacy, um, dissolving places where you're numb inside and you weren't allowing yourself to feel certain things, connecting you to your spiritual gifts. There was all kinds of magical things that would naturally run through me. And I just called it sexual healing abilities. You know, even my guides would show me specific things to do to the women I was with to turn certain things on in them in order to help them ascend and grow. And it wasn't until later on, I would say maybe in my 30s, where I was at an event and I happened to be, it was some spiritual event um, with six and seven figure spiritual coaches. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I happened to be sharing about my sexual healing abilities and someone was just like like oh you're a tantrika and I was just like a what <laughs> <laughs> and she explained to me she you know she told me about the uh, about tantra and tantrikas and stuff I'm like oh I'm like yeah I'm like I never really heard of that and so when I started to look deeper into it a lot of the things that I would find I'm like oh yeah I do that I do that I do that and so that very much played into even our journey you know, when we reconnected, because it was just, you know, our intimacy was beyond just sex. It was very much sex magic. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, do you want to piggyback yeah. off of that anyway? Um, <laughs> sure. I, um, well, I guess I'll first say for me, in terms of my relationship to sexuality and the divine, I feel like for, as a woman, um, it's been first and foremost, a really great teacher for me. Um, a teacher in which like it, it even to this day, it allows me the opportunity to see all of these aspects of myself of where there is still very deep programming from, you know, this over-sexualized um, society that we live in. <clears throat> also just areas where I don't I may not always consider myself because the role of the woman is often seen as like to please um, the man. And so it's definitely served for me. I would say the catalyst of this, like teaching, like my sexuality being such a huge teacher in my life was definitely catalyzed when we met and and because then it kind of became more than just sex kind of thing. I had to show her the um, magic. <laughs> 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 um, um, he did show me the magic. Um, <laughs> I want this on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, and I guess, yeah, and I guess in the magic, it was also just discovering more of my own magic. And I think that's what felt very profound is I realize and I continue to realize like that there's this entire relationship with myself, my body um, that is still there's just so much to uncover there. And 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 that in essence, like true intimacy with a partner with yourself is actually a deep moment for like intense vulnerability and, and just connection either with self or with each other, obviously both. Um, and so in that sense, it's been such a huge teacher. And I feel like, 
yeah, even even as a woman in my 30s now, I still feel like there is just so much there. Like we literally just had a conversation last week where I was just like, damn, I realized like I've been doing this thing and I'm literally not honoring myself. And like, and so, you know, I was literally sharing and expressing for support um, so we could step into something new, into a new realm of our intimacy where there was a greater consideration on my part of myself. Um, so it definitely feels like an ongoing um, evolution. And for me, it definitely feels like one of those areas where there's still so many blind spots, <laughs> so many blind spots and so many like, and also a lot of excitement because it just means like discovering and experiencing more of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you know, if, if, if you could understand that people could tune into the idea of how sexual energy is the essence of your creation that means you have the opportunity to intentionally use sexual Mm -hmm. energy to tune people into more of themselves Mm -hmm. you know be it through the sexual act of actual intercourse or just just deep intimacy you know that like i very would i would very often in the beginning use like run sexual energy through her just through touching her in certain points not even erotically per se but just touching her and it was running the essence of who she is through her to remind her being of who she is without the mind needing to get in the way mm-hmm. you know so there's this this for me is is a part of the magic of, of sex magic it's it's recognizing that you are the magic and when you run the essence of creation through someone you give them the opportunity to recognize more of the magic that they are as well yeah, and he actually has a pretty amazing um, meditation that oh, yeah. has had um, a whole lot of <laughs> like um, hits and comments. It's on YouTube, so it's free, and it's called "How to Have Sex with Life." And yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, highly recommend. Yeah, a lot of Definitely. A lot of people have had just incredible orgasms just on their own in a meditative state. And it really just goes to show like the power we can cultivate within um, where we don't necessarily need the external stimulus, whether it's like visually or physically with someone else. That that meditation is really cool to see the level of reaction and the comments. Like if you go in the comments. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> definitely check it out comments <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah guys and girls yeah. guys and girls would have full-on orgasms just through the experience you know which is the orgasm of themselves mm-hmm. it's going through the blockages you didn't know were there and just like full-on ecstasy of like holy shit mm-hmm. you know this is who i am mm-hmm. yeah. you know and which you know which even you know because you 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 know this is called the the sex magic podcast and you know my my frame of reference has always been ancient Egypt. You know, I resonate a lot with ancient Egypt Mm -hmm. and, you know, back in the days of, you know, Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, you know, who were a part of the, well, Mary Magdalene was a part of the uh, cult of Isis Mm -hmm. Um, and cult isn't a negative word, by the way. Um, (laughs) Good kind of cult. (laughs) Yeah. The good kind of the, the sect of Isis the idea of sex magic was using sexual energy to grow your consciousness, mm-hmm. to grow yourself spiritually. And that's a big part of how Yeshua, those, uh, or Jesus developed a lot of his spiritual gifts and abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love this story and I love the, the Egyptian um, expression of sex magic. It's, it's something I've been working on the past couple of years too, but it's, it really is about connection. I feel like the, the realm of the erotic isn't about like sex or penetration or orgasms. Like I really do feel as though it's connection to the self, to spirit and to the other, which is all reflection of spirit. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for, for both sharing, uh, your experience and your relationship to sex magic. Um, <laughs> uh, I know we're towards the end of our conversation, which makes me so sad. Um, <laughs> it's such a wonderful time chatting with you both. Um, 
We always ask this one question at the end of our interviews, and I'd love to ask it to you now. If you could give your younger self just one piece of advice about Mm -hmm. sex, magic, spirituality, love, those themes, what would it be? To have fun and stop trying to be like other people. (laughs) That would be the simplicity of it. I'm like, everything else you did was perfect and (laughs) is perfect. Mm. Just keep having fun and stop trying to be like other people. You're perfect enough. I feel like the first thing I would tell her is that you are more than enough. And that your <laughs> and that your beauty is so divine that it's beyond it, it will always be beyond your own comprehension. Mm-hmm. And to just root yourself in that knowingness um, deeper. Because true beauty is alignment with self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, thank you both so much. Um, feel free to plug anything, share any um, ways our listeners can continue to connect to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our website um, is www.livingmagic.life. Um, Opposite of living struggle. so you can find everything from our mystery school that you can join to retreats that we're hosting online or or in the physical um and just uh everything else uh we usually post everything on there um as well as on our social media so he is underscore at underscore david lyon Okay, sorry, he changed it recently. And um, (laughs) and mine is at avea.love. And um, your YouTube is just David Lyon. It's just David Lyon, yeah. And and I just want to speak to the mystery school right quick because this is something extra magical that's been in the creation for over 10 years and that is finally available. Um, You know, so for people who are interested, you know, for those who don't know, a mystery school is what they used to have in ancient Egypt for those who wanted to cultivate their consciousness, who wanted to grow spiritually in a multidimensional amount of ways. And so this is something that is birthed through me recently that is finally available. And it literally contains over hundreds and hundreds of channeled content and videos on all kinds of topics from um, self-healing to love and relationships and spiritual growth and guided experiences all in this section called the Mystic Library. So there's hundreds of videos over there. And also um, what we're going to be doing is monthly. Myself, Avea, and what we call the Ascending Masters are going to be offering uh, monthly transmissions where we channel messages for you guys. And then it's Q&A so that we can all grow together. And of course, that all comes together in our Light Leader community where we can all jam together, connect with each other, grow your gifts. So it's a very complete i've been calling it like a, the netflix for your ascension you want to check it out like she said it's on livingmagic.life mm-hmm. it's a monthly membership and so um it's super super affordable yeah. we wanted it to be just so accessible for everyone and uh, we're just we're super excited to be of service in this way mm-hmm. Thank you so much for those offerings. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out and we'll make sure to include all of the links in our show notes. Um, Well, yes, thank you both so much for this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. This is so much fun. Thanks for having us. The Sex Magic Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a collective, a community, a conversation If what we do here resonates with you, I'd like to invite you to join us on Patreon. But what even is Patreon? It's an online platform where you can directly support artists and creators. In exchange, you receive exclusive benefits. 
It's a direct form of energetic exchange. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, we have some incredible monthly benefits, such as live Q&As where you can ask us questions every month and tune in to get them all answered. We also have an incredible Discord community where you can connect with other people around the world and talk about things within the realm of sexuality and spirituality, along with monthly resources, rituals, tarot insight, and crystal guides to help further your spiritual path. So if you'd like to support us and show us how much you appreciate the work that we do with the Sex Magic Podcast, I invite you to check out our Patreon. We have the link down in the show notes, but you can also go on patreon.com slash sexmagicpodcast. podcast.